I'm always positive in a way. It's like I've hit rock bottom, so I cannot hit lower than that. So I'm not scared of anything. From this point on, it's just to make progress in my life and, and make things happen. I believe in myself. Welcome to Pick Me Up, a podcast from Lyft and Gimlet Creative, all about people who are driving towards something big, both on and off the road. I'm Mariah Smith. This week, we're meeting Lyft driver Sam Ramos. He's 28, and he's had an intense year. My life is like a, a novel. I should write a novel. He survived Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico and moved his entire life to a new place, New York City. And more recently, he found out that he's going to be a dad. I had this little picture of a sonogram, and I put it on the dashboard. Here in New York, he's not yet found a place to call home. It seems like Sam could use a little help getting back on his feet so he can build a good life for himself and his family. So that's why we're riding along. Sam grew up in Levittown, Puerto Rico. After high school, he went on to university where he studied photography and design. He loved the hot weather, hanging out on the beach, and his mom's famous pork chops. Puerto Rico is also where Sam met the love of his life, Jamada. Two years ago, I asked her to be my girlfriend. Sam made the first move. On Facebook. I just saw her photo and I wrote to her. That's a bold move. <laughs> yeah. And we started talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like you made Facebook your dating app. Uh, he had messaged me, but I don't really talk to people I don't know. So um, I kind of, I guess, ignored him. But then I found out, like, we had common friends. That's Jamada. Back then, she was living on the coast a few hours away from Sam. Where I live, uh, you have to take a boat to go to, like, two or three little islands called Culebra, which translates to Snake Island in English. <laughs> Sam and Jamada chatted online for a while. When they finally decided to meet up in person, it turned out that they had a lot in common. We clicked. Like, we, we, we could talk for hours on the phone. Wow. Yeah. And we like the same stuff. Like, she likes art. She likes to sketch stuff. They even had the same taste in music. She likes hip-hop a lot. In Puerto Rico, uh, people like hip-hop, but like the like Drake or something yeah. popular. But we both like the hip-hop in the 90s and yeah. Things got serious, and eventually they took the plunge. They found an apartment together in Levittown and cobbled together everything they needed for a home. Well, everything we had was like, given to us. <laughs> the couch was from my uncle. My mom bought the microwave. Because <laughs> my mom was super excited because she, maybe she thought Jimada was going to help me um, mature. They settled into a routine. Sam waited tables and Jamada worked at the airport. At home, they liked cooking for each other. She did the, the, the breakfast. I like doing breakfast. Yeah. I let him do the dinner and stuff. Life was good. 
until... Tonight, Maria's direct hit, devastating Puerto Rico. The first Category 4 storm to strike Puerto Rico in 85 years, slamming ashore around sunrise. The monster storm hitting the U.S. territory with a force not seen here in nearly a century. The evening of September 19th, 2017, Sam and Jamada went to sleep, just like any other night. They knew the storm was coming the next day, but they'd been through lots of storms before. When did you realize this is different? When it hit. The hurricane woke them up early in the morning. It's like a loud, like, whistling, just everything's just loud. The windows, they, they were like, they wanted to break. And like the wind, it was really loud, like the whistle noise, it was super loud. Sam and Jamada hunkered down in their apartment as the storm raged across the island. There was nothing to do but wait for the hurricane to pass. While they were waiting, the electricity went out. Then their cell phone stopped working. A nearby river began to overflow, flooding the neighborhood. High winds bent and snapped the trees. 100% of Puerto Rico now without power. Everywhere you look, down power lines like these, which stretch. There's no running water. The governor has imposed an overnight curfew as this island only begins to assess the damage. Entire villages and towns remain cut off. Sam and Jamada were lucky. Their apartment was intact, and so were they. But the storm's aftermath was unlike anything they'd seen before. It was flooded. A lot of people outside on the roofs of their houses, and they lost everything. And <sighs> it was just very, like, shocking and very sad to see everything destroyed. In the days and weeks that followed, communities took it upon themselves to help each other out. Sam and his uncle went door to door to check on their neighbors. If people were missing somebody, they described the person and we tried to look for them. But I only went like two times and then I couldn't handle it. There's been a lot of discussion about how many people died because of the storm. A recent study by George Washington University estimates the number is close to 3,000. For those who survived, daily life in Puerto Rico changed a lot. Sam says it was like living in prehistoric times. No light, no food, no nothing. Hours of lines to just to get $10 of gas. And Sam no longer had a job. The restaurant where he'd worked was totally destroyed. Lots of places that we knew or we used to hang out before, they're just, they don't, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> I just, I get, um... Sad when I remember it. <clears throat> but um, it's our home, you know, and everything was just destroyed. Sam and Jamada spent a few months picking up the pieces. But without jobs and their neighborhood destroyed, they came to the conclusion that the best option was to leave. And they're not the only ones. 
The government of Puerto Rico estimates that some 200,000 Puerto Ricans left in the year that followed the storm. That's 6% of the island's entire population. But where to even go? Sam and Jamada had always talked about living in New York City. It seemed like a place where anything was possible. So a few months after the storm hit, they dipped into their savings and bought themselves one-way tickets. It was December. What was that like when you first arrived? Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cold, too. And, and I was, I'm used to 90 degrees all year round, so I only had, like, a hoodie and a, and a little bomber jacket. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> I used to wear, like, 10 layers of sweaters, <laughs> 10 layers of pants. I looked like a fat guy. Sam and Jamado were starting over. They had a place to stay in Brooklyn for the first month, and Sam even had a car that he was paying off. They found jobs, Jamado worked in a beauty salon, and Sam got a job delivering packages. It was too hard. Like, I mean, it's not, it's me being a baby, but... <laughs> I worked in the snowstorm, I worked in the rain, I worked in every single condition. It was a lot of heavy lifting, running up and down stairs, and he was starting to have back problems. Then, one of his coworkers told him about Lyft. And I had a friend there that, that I, met, I met there, a Lyft driver, and he was telling me, oh, I used to make the same amount of money in Lyft or more, and I'm not killing myself. Turns out, Sam loved driving. I'm a person that wasn't born to work for somebody. And, yeah, that's what I like about Lyft, because I'm my own boss. I, I don't got somebody like, oh, you got to do this, got to do that. So jobs? Check. Housing? Well, that was more complicated. After their first month in New York, they needed to move on from the place they were staying. They started looking for their own apartment. Back in Puerto Rico, this process was pretty straightforward. They would look in the classifieds, call up the landlord, pay rent, and then move in. But it's not so easy in New York. All I need is a picture of your ID, your social. We'll fill out a piece of paper and sign your name, giving me consent, your basic information. In New York, there were brokers and agents charging fees. But we do require deposits. There were landlords who wanted two months' rent plus a security deposit. Are you showing me double the rent monthly? And all of that added up to a big chunk of change that they didn't have. By the time they needed to move out, they still hadn't found a place. So we ended up going to a shelter because we really didn't know where else to go. When they dreamed of moving to New York, a shelter was not what they'd imagined. But on the other hand, they were working and starting to save a little bit of money. Just when they were getting into a groove, they had another surprise. She took a test and says positive, and we're like, oh, we're going to have a baby. We were excited, but we were also like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> we didn't feel like, you know, we were prepared to have a baby, like, just because of the situation that we were, you know, in a shelter. Sam and Jamada started crunching numbers. Life in New York was already expensive with rent, bills, and groceries. Now, on top of that, they would be paying for childcare. 
The thing is, in New York, we both need to work to pay rent. So who's going to take care of the baby? If you pay a nanny, it's going to be like another rent because nanny are, are really expensive here. So we were like, we need to go back. So Jamada flew back to San Juan where she had family and friends who would help with the baby. Sam stayed in New York. The plan was for him to drive with Lyft a few more months and save up some money. Then he'd join them as soon as he could. About a month after Jamada left, we check in with Sam. He's been thinking a lot about what's next. When you go back to Puerto Rico, are you like a little bit anxious that, oh my God, I'm basically going back to be a father? I mean, I'm excited. I'm already buying stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Sam says that Jamada is doing well back in Puerto Rico. She's seven months pregnant now and living with his mom. She's busy getting ready for the baby. You said you chat basically every time you have yeah, some free time. Every, so all day. All day, every day you guys are Right now she's texting me. Oh, what'd she say? <laughs> what are you doing? She's talking about the same thing uh, every day when when I'm going over there. <gasps> oh, n- now she's saying that she got to come here. Because they won't, they won't treat her without uh, health care. Sam saying Jamada has to come back to New York. This is not great news. He gets quiet. He's texting back and forth with Jamada. Here's what's going on. If you were affected by the hurricane and moved to the mainland, the federal government made it pretty easy to get health insurance. So Sam and Jamada signed up when they got to New York. But no one told Jamada that if she left, she would have to cancel it. So when she got back to Puerto Rico, she was uninsured. Doctors wouldn't see her. They said it would take up to 90 days to get reapproved. But Jamada can't wait that long. She's in her third trimester. So she's going to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. You just got that information right now? Yeah, in Spanish. Ya llamamos y dejaron que no me puedo. So the plan to start their family back in Puerto Rico is not an option anymore. And coming back to New York means they need a place to stay. So does that mean you think the baby will have to be born in New York? Mm-hmm. But we don't get a place. Sam is really worried. I'm thinking about, I need to get a place, I need to pay my car, I need to pay my insurance, and now Jimada can't work. So we wrap up our conversation because Sam has got to get going. He has a lot to do before he and Jamada are reunited. Yeah, finally. <laughs> That's after the break. When Sam becomes a dad, he'll be joining the ranks of Lyft drivers who are also parents, like Alicia Wyatt in Baltimore. When her two young kids are in school, Alicia drives a van. She's hooked up the interior with antique lace and pictures of her cats. She's also got a side gig developing healthy cookie recipes. Okay, the cookies started when my son was young. He had serious constipation. Her son, Declan, is a very picky eater and hated the food doctors recommended most for his condition, oatmeal. 
So I'm thinking, how do I get this kid who won't eat anything smushy to eat oatmeal? And then it popped into my head, oatmeal cookies. So I just had to figure out a way to make a cookie I felt good giving him every day. Since then, she's developed five cookie recipes. She likes to throw some healthy ingredients into the mix, like flax seeds or chickpea flour or yogurt-covered raisins. So you have all these tastes and these flavors and these things that are, like, super healthy for you. And a kid that would have never touched it with a 10-foot pole loves it. Now, Alicia's developing her own brand. It's called Two Too Good Cookies. And in five years, she says... You're going to have heard of it. You're going to have loved it. You're going to look at food in another way. So whether you're starting a family like Sam or a cookie business like Alicia, Lyft can help you get there. If you're interested in learning more about driving with Lyft, visit lyft.com slash driver. Welcome back to Pick Me Up. I'm Mariah Smith, and today we're with Sam, a Lyft driver from Puerto Rico who came to New York after Hurricane Maria. And today, there is someone he is really excited to see. Sam and I are standing next to the baggage carousel at JFK Airport in Queens. It's only 9 a.m., but there's already loads of people navigating their wheelie carts and small children. We're waiting for his girlfriend, Jamada, to get off the plane from San Juan. It's been six long weeks since they last saw each other. Sam spots Jamada right away. She's got on track pants and a yellow sweatshirt. They give each other a big smile and then a big hug. We wait for her bags to come around the carousel. Jamada's tired. Her flight left at 5 a.m. and she was so glad when they landed. They always clap um, when it's like from Puerto Rico to here. It's an <laughs> island thing. <laughs> Finally, her two bags show up and Sam grabs both of them. It's really heavy. Since we last saw Sam about a month ago, we were able to give him and Jamada a pick-me-up. We found them a place to stay for a few weeks, a one-bedroom apartment where they'll have some time and space to do some thinking. A few days after Jamada arrives, I head over to the apartment to see how things are going. When Sam opens the door, Jamada is relaxing on the sofa, enjoying the summer breeze blowing in. She tells me she had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Um, yeah, everything was okay. My pregnancy, it's going good. I'm a healthy baby. Sam and Jamada have already picked out the baby's name, Pablo Gianni. She says she can't wait to see Sam be a dad. He's always, like, talking to the belly and stuff and touching it. Then she goes into the bedroom and comes back with a bag filled with baby stuff. Yeah, like onesies, some... Onesies has, like, some animals on it. We've just been getting him a lot of, like, jungle themes. We're from, you know, an island. I guess we wanted the babies to, like, have a sense of that. Sam and Jamada are very happy to be reunited. And Sam has been busy. 
He's been driving with Lyft full-time to make as much money as he can before the due date. He's been trying to figure out how to maximize his time behind the wheel. And Monday is the best day. It's like if you get up at 4 and you start driving like at 5, that's good. You make good money. But there are some confusing things he has to deal with, like taxes. That's what got me worried. I saw, like, YouTube videos, and it said, like, like to save your gas receipts and the, to count your mileage, but I, I haven't done that. So we gave a call to someone who knows all about making the most of your driving time. If you're a driver, uh, mileage is definitely going to be one of your number one expenses. This is Harry Campbell, a.k.a. the rideshare guy. And Lyft will actually provide a summary of the miles that you drove for them while you're on the app and um, waiting for a ride. Before starting to drive with Lyft, Harry was an aerospace engineer. I realized, hey, this isn't rocket science like my day job was, but it also wasn't the easiest job in the world. And there were a lot of things that you had to figure out. He started collecting advice and keeping track of what worked and what didn't. The most important thing to consider, especially when driving for Lyft is your full-time source of income, is that you kind of want to make sure that you're doing a good job with your ratings. Harry has some tips for how to keep those ratings high and your riders happy. What I like to tell drivers is that you should really sort of drive like you have a baby in the back seat. (laughs) And this might work out well for Sam since he's got a baby on the way. So tip number one, drive safely. And tip number two, says Harry, is don't be afraid to be yourself. I've met a few drivers who, for example, you know, there's one in the Bay Area called Hip Hop Lift, and he does hip hop trivia. I've had other drivers who did karaoke in the back of their lifts, and I always felt like, you know, those experiences were pretty cool. But not everyone needs to transform their car into a party just to make a connection with the passenger. Sam sounds like he's got a really cool personal story, and so I think that would really resonate with a lot of passengers, and people want to learn about um, new people, new cultures, you know, new experiences, and I think that the conversations that I have with my passengers are super rewarding for me and always very enjoyable. I passed Harry's advice along to Sam, and Sam agrees. He says that driving has already given him a chance to tell people about his home. Everybody asks, when I say I'm Puerto Rican, everybody, oh, you were there in a hurricane? (laughs) Some people don't even know where Puerto Rico is. Some people don't even know Puerto Rico is the territory of the U.S. Meanwhile, Sam's got more pressing things to worry about. The baby is due any day now. I know when I see him, I'm going to be, like, excited. What kind of dad do you want to be? I want to be the dad that... That listens to to his son, mm-hmm. like no secrets. Like you, you can tell me anything. I don't know. I just want to be there for him all the time. And yeah, Sam is feeling optimistic about fatherhood and about the future. I'm always positive. I mean, I try to keep the, this voice in my head always. Because if you keep the negative voice in Everything is going to go bad. I believe in myself. Like, I, from this point on, it's just to, to make progress in my life and, and make things happen. And they are starting to make things happen. There's a new plan in the works. I'm talking about this with Jamada every night. We, like, want to move to another state. 
What state? We were thinking about Florida. And I got a lot of friends over there, and they're all, all doing good. Florida would be less expensive and way less cold. All, yeah. all of my friends moved to Florida. When the hurricane hit, yeah. everybody went to Florida. Like So there's a lot of Puerto Ricans there. Yeah. They call it Puerto Rico, too, now. Like. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> No matter where they land, their goals are pretty clear. All I want is my own place, my garage or my parking space, and to be with my baby and Jamada. In the meantime, Sam and Jamada have received a boost from the Lyft team. It'll go toward their living situation for the next year so that they're comfortable when Pablo Gianni arrives. As long as we, you know, are together and are somewhere secure with a baby, we, we would be fine. And wherever they land, whether it's Florida, New York, or even back in San Juan, we know they'll have lots of stories to tell Pablo. On the next episode of Pick Me Up, a young Army vet just home from Afghanistan sets her sights on a new goal. My main goal is definitely to be a household name. I definitely should have won that Grammy in five years. That's next time on Pick Me Up. Pick Me Up is a branded podcast from Lyft and Gimlet Creative. This episode was produced by me, Mariah Smith, Laura Morris, Julie Subrin, Carrie Ann Thomas, and Nicole Wong. Sarah Geis is our editor. Zach Schmidt is our technical director. Rob Hahn mixed this episode. Original music by Daniel Brunel and additional music help from Dara Hirsch. The Lyft team is Vicky Chang, Kay Hondorp, Kyle Kraft, Alex Doty, Lisa Fuguer, and Sarah Lazama. Have you been enjoying our show? Well, let us know. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and also share this podcast with your friends or your Lyft drivers or even your Lyft riders. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or lyft.com slash pickmeup. To help those affected by Hurricane Maria and other disasters, donate to the Red Cross at redcross.org slash donate.